Welcome to the official PodFest podcast, where we celebrate our community of independent podcasters. Brought to you by the PodFest Multimedia Expo. This is Glenn the Geek. And I'm producer Jemmy. Welcome to episode number 27 of the PodFest podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Buzzsprout. On today's episode and track one for creation and launch, Elizabeth Pampalone from Marketing Minimalism talks about how your equipment is less important than the quality of your content when you're getting started. And in track two for audience growth, Illiquity from the Travel Gluten-Free podcast joins us once again. She helps us understand how to turn your podcast into a book. And in our keynote, Glenn and I discuss how often you should be releasing your episodes. And can you change that schedule once you've gotten started? It's going to be a great show. I'm excited, Glenn. Welcome to the show. Two months away, officially. I know. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. (laughs) And happy belated Thanksgiving to everybody. Yes, yes. Hopefully everybody is stuffed and not like the turkey, not ready to be eaten, but stuffed and on your couch, rolling over, (laughs) watching some leftover football games or whatnot, and just enjoying the fall. Now, I got to ask you, before we get into our topics and talk about PodFest and everything, I wanted to ask you, I noticed with Buzzsprout, they send a weekly report of your shows. Yeah. And I like that email because I just Yeah, it's like a cheerleader in your pocket. (laughs) Yeah, I scroll down through all the shows. What I've noticed in years past, because I've done this a little while, and is happening this year, is November, my numbers start to pick up. And I think it's because of winter. You know, people are not out as much. Do you Mm -hmm. notice an increase in November? You know what? I noticed a little bit of the opposite. And I think it's because... So a lot of my listeners are Florida-based because it's Florida Podcast Network. And just a lot of my comings and goings, a lot of my organic reach has been through Florida as well. But I imagine your organic reach, your audience is all over, including a lot of Canadians and whatnot. A lot of of people in very, very cold weather. (laughs) Yeah. And so for me, it's kind of the opposite. We start to slow down a little bit because now is the time when two things happen. Floridians get distracted with the holidays, but we're out and about. About it's our summer, holidays, really? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then also we have a whole bunch of snowbirds coming in, and that means also family and friends. So we have it's a little bit different. It's kind of I don't know. It's sometimes it's a little bit more, niche, sometimes a little right? bit. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's actually maybe show specific. If I were to look at Florida yeah. Podcast Network, I wouldn't be surprised if it's show specific. Probably your beer podcast does better this time of year. It does better all the It was the only one that kept going through the entire pandemic. Didn't miss a beat. Yeah. <laughs> Funny about beer that way. I just thought it was interesting that we see an increase over the winter and we're probably one of the few. You're right. I, you know, maybe some of the other specialty podcasts like uh, cycling or things like that, you know, that, that they can't do in the winter. Yeah. Um, yeah, and our biggest state for listeners for Horse Radio Networks, Michigan. Oh, really? I I would not have guessed that. I but wouldn't I guess either. But I've never is. been to Michigan. So maybe I wouldn't know. <laughs> a lot of horses up there, and apparently nothing else to do but listen to us. So, <laughs> hey, Podfest is coming up. Some of the speaker topics have been announced, and we're going to have some of the speakers on over the next couple of episodes. Woo-hoo! How you can grow your podcast by hosting a radio talk show. That's interesting. Uh, one of the topics, three tasks you must delegate if you want to scale your podcast. We learned that one. Uh how to build an email nurture sequence that creates raving fans. 
I don't understand what that meant. I think I understood what that meant. I think I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> How to turn your podcast into a video podcast with only one camera or phone. So that's interesting because I do think we're going to start getting more into video because I think the combination of video and audio is going to be somewhat of the future. Sure. So I think there are certain shows that lend itself to being on video and certain shows that probably don't. Right. Uh, but yeah, we're going to start doing more of that. So I'll be interested in that one. And and, I have uh, a special a request. If any of your shows are going to be focusing on Clydesdales, put those on video. Yeah, that's true. There is a farm right near her. <laughs> your Budweiser commercials too. for days to prove it. <laughs> also, the PodFest tour is still happening. And on November the 30th, they're going to be in Dallas, Texas. And on December the 3rd in Toronto, Canada. So you can find all of the information about getting your tickets, getting your hotels, all of that stuff at podfestexpo.com. Go visit it today. Get your tickets right now. Tickets for these kind of events don't go down in price. As you no. get closer, like everything else in the world, they go up in price. So, And I saw someone taking our advice. Actually, I saw someone posting the, uh, the other day on one of the PodFest groups. She said that she's all excited for PodFest and she's looking for a roommate for the hotel because her roommate from the last time is bringing her dang on husband this time. So she's, so she's looking for another roommate, but that is the way to do it. Go to PodFest, stay at the hotel, and just find a really awesome, solid roommate through the PodFest networks. Very good. Uh, so we do want you to get your tickets. We want to see you there in two months. Do we have any shout outs? Yeah, you know what? I just want to shout out to everybody who got accepted to be a speaker for this upcoming PodFest in January. A lot of you, this is going to be your first time speaking or it's your first time that you even put yourself out there to speak. So I want to give you kudos for that, for sure. As you were listing the topics that have been shared, because I got that e-blast too, I was hoping that that first topic, how you can grow your podcast by hosting a radio talk show. I'm wondering if maybe that's my friend John's presentation. I don't know, but I know he submitted something, but I'm just jazzed for everybody who has started to get the emails that they've been accepted as a speaker. I'm starting to see... Those infographics, those announcement cards mm -hmm. posted on social, and it's just so exciting. So I just wanted to give a massive shout out to everybody. Congratulations! Guess what else you can do? You can also submit a tip that's going to be included in this show. We'll tell you more about that later. Very good. And didn't you have something else related? Oh, that's to the right. I did. Okay, so this is a little gift for you as we're heading into the holidays. So I have a gift for you, Podcasting Your Brand, episode 62. I just put it out. It came out this past Monday, and it's my holiday podcasting guide. So I talk about how the holidays are going to impact your podcasting, but also what opportunities around the holidays you can explore for your podcasting and how to look ahead to 2023. So there'll be a link in the show notes to Podcasting Your Brand, Episode 62, Producer Jimmy's Holiday Podcasting Guide. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And of course, this episode is brought to you by Buzzsprout, and they were at the uh, was it Tampa? the Jacksonville meeting that oh. just held them? They had a meetup, and our friends at Buzzsprout were there. They probably, I think, they looked like they had fifty people there. So that wow. was kind of cool that Jacksonville drew that many people. And we love Buzzsprout. First of all, they have an easy to use backend for hosting your shows, for posting your shows, and submitting shows to players and stats. I also really like something we haven't talked about.
about, you know, how you embed their players on your website. I really like their player, the look of their yes. players. I've seen so many players that I'm going, is that a player? <laughs> you know, you're not even sure. Uh, whereas theirs is very clean. <laughs> or it looks clean. too boxy and just yeah. Bleh. Or just, you know, too narrow and you can't even see it. So mm-hmm. I just like theirs. I, and you, you get a bunch of choices and you can customize it to colors and everything like that. Although yeah. I just use the basic one because it's fine. And we, we use chapter markers on our show. So when we you hear our shows, you can actually skip to the different tracks. So if you have chapters marked on your show, then when you do that, Buzzsprout's player, actually, you can tap on this little button and you can see the different chapters listed and then tap on what chapter you want. It's so convenient. And their education is fantastic. We use a lot of their videos and audio on here. They have a podcast of their own, and they have uh, free plans to plans for heavy users like us. I like it that we can have one login and see all of our shows mm-hmm. in one place, which is kind of nice. So anyway, head on over to buzzsprout.com and tell them that Jemmy and Glenn sent you. Now let's get to the conference. All right. Well, Elizabeth Pampalone from Marketing Minimalism talks about how your equipment is less important than the quality of your content when getting started. What do we say all the time, Glenn? People come for the... Come for the content, stay for the host. That's right. So make sure that your content is on point. Let's hear from Elizabeth. Hi, my name is Elizabeth Pampalone and my company is Absolute Marketing. I also have a podcast called Marketing Minimalism. It's a two-minute podcast, so this was perfect for me. The tip about podcasting that I actually wanted to give you is don't worry so much about your equipment. Really, it's about the content. I'm actually recording this on my Mac, through my Mac speakers, through my Mac microphone. No special equipment needed. Most of the time, most of my shows are recorded right through my iPhone, and then they're run through a very special audio editor, which is amazing, by the way. And I do have all the tools I use in my Pro Toolkit. If you're interested, it's on our website, getabsolutemarketing.com. So I really just want to encourage you that what is stopping you? As long as you have a good idea, as long as you have a good concept, really the equipment shouldn't be bothering you. (laughs) You can get started anytime. And if you have something like a a great audio editing tool or an editor that you're working with, they can make almost anything sound freaking amazing. So just get started and think really hard about that concept. What's going to make you stand out? I actually am a minimalist in practice in my life, and I have brought that to my business and marketing. And so my podcast is called Marketing Minimalism. It just made a lot of sense to to go that direction. And it's two minute bites, just like this one, to tell you something that you might not have known about marketing, podcasting, email marketing, social media, etc. So if you are trying to get your podcast off the ground, just start. You can worry about the equipment later. Just make sure that that idea is solid and see, put it out there. See what people think. I mean, you're not going to know unless you actually start. All right. Yes, I could not agree with this more because if you know anything about my origin story, <laughs> then you know that equipment was definitely not the the, the my strength <laughs> by like a long shot. So do you remember, Glenn, what my first, I told you the story, what my first piece of equipment was? No. <laughs> I don't remember. So I was starting, this is back in 2014. 
And I actually told this story just the other day. My friend Jen had a, a friend of hers named Brittany. She connected the two of us because Brittany has a production company and she just thought I could, you know, share some advice for her and everything else. So shout out to Brittany. So I was telling this story to Brittany because it's so ridiculous. She's like, do you still have your very first show archive somewhere? Oh, I'm like, yes, I do. But let me explain why it sounds so bad. <laughs> so 2014, the show is called Curve the Cube. And I got a stick mic that cost all of $20 off of a shelf at Best Buy. Like there was no researching for best options. There was no buddy to ask. There was no nothing. <laughs> so, but what's really crazy is not just that I started with a $20 stick mic from Best Buy, because you start with what you start with. But what's funny is the very first person I interviewed was the head host of a number one talk show in <laughs> Florida. And we did it at his radio station. And not one single one of my brain cells uh, knocked on my head and said, um, Earth to Jemmy, you may want to ask to use that very expensive equipment <laughs> to make this sound really good. Nope. I used the $20 stick mic from Best Buy. But the interview was fantastic. Absolutely solid. And that's what mattered eight years later. <laughs> I, you know, I, I started with, you remember, I had these when we were traveling, uh, mm -hmm. the Behringer mics. And oh, they were, yeah. They were a three pack for 40 bucks. Yes. And they didn't sound bad, actually. They've now gone up to $60, I hate to tell you. <laughs> oh, really? They're expensive so. now. So, you know what? I agree with her. Get started and don't spend a fortune on equipment. Some people just go wait crazy. Mm -hmm. But for 50 bucks right now, you can get a, a Samsung Q2U mic at Amazon that comes with everything you need, the cords and the whole works. So I kind of do recommend that you have a mic. I'm not a big fan of recording into your laptop, and I'm not a sound snob. Jimmy, I'll tell you that, um, like some people. But I, you know, I, for fifty bucks, you can sound really good, right? Uh, so that's the mic that most of us use. So uh, you can find that on Amazon right now, and they're on sale. I know because I just bought them for for work and for the hosts uh, in the new company I'm with, and I just mm -hmm. bought about twelve of them, and they range from fifty to sixty dollars with, uh, with free shipping. So that's that's super reasonable, and yes. Content is the absolute most important thing. And I think, though, we're at a place in our podcasting industry journey <laughs> where you can't completely neglect sound quality anymore because there's so many shows nowadays that have massive backings and budgets. And so the sound is really, really good. And so that's created an expectation on the side of a lot of listeners now for the, what the quality is going to sound like. It doesn't have to be pristine. What we do want to encourage you, no matter what your budget, it can be a $20 microphone. That's completely, completely fine. Just know your equipment and work with it as best as you can. Know exactly should, where you should be talking into it. We've heard, I know I've heard Glenn say this before, where on your mic you should be talking at the top, the side, understand how to, the space that you're in, how that can affect the sound quality, all those little things that are free to tweak, do them so that you can at least get the best bang for what little buck you're using. No worries. No worries. You're, it's okay. You can have a budget. And actually, I want to, <laughs> we're going to include a link in the show notes to Chris Kremitz's book, Start Ugly, because it's a great book to read to get inspired on this exact concept that it's best to get started. That's the most important thing. 
So one thing I, w- I did want to end with this, we did a study recently, if you remember right, with our listeners and asked them what was the number one reason they turn off a podcast when they start it? Why don't they continue with it? And sound was number one. Mm. So, you know, so for very little money, you can sound better, is what That's we're saying. True. You know, That's and true. sound does matter now. And I totally agree with you. That's changed. We all sounded like crap 10 years ago. <laughs> Uh, you know, except for the radio guys, we all sounded like crap. But now, you know, we can't sound as crappy anymore. So <laughs> no, we can't. No, we can't. And somebody who started off on a really great foot and has only gotten better and better and better with time has been the man behind our newsletter, Larry Roberts. Hasn't he gotten yes, so good really at creating good this newsletter? newsletter? Yep. It's really good. I look at every one now. And I, there are, I get all of the newsletters for the podcasting world, but, and his is the only one that I really look at every time. And it's called the PodFest Messenger, and you can get it by going to podfestexpo.com. So what's in our next track? Well, coming up next, Iliquity from the Travel Gluten-Free Podcast. We've heard her before. She's going to help us understand how to turn your podcast into a book. So we've heard her on episodes 23 and 25. So let's see what she has to share with us today. Hey, PodFest friends. It's Iliquity. And here is my podcast PodFest quick tip for you. So my podcast quick tip is you can take your content from your podcast and make it into a book. Now, I did this with my podcast, Travel Gluten-Free. And the one thing about the content you need to know is you don't want to make what's called a quote-unquote blog book, which is just taking the content and throwing it into a book. You first need to do your outline or your, you know, cloud, your, your cloud thought, and then organize what you want to write about in your book. But you can take a large chunks of your book content from your podcast and put it in where it works the best. And the easiest way to do that is to take your audio that you're going to use for your book and put it into a transcriber, but then you need to clean it up and you need to have a book editor go through. You can't just put it in raw because that doesn't work because storytelling and direct transcriptions are different than creating a little bit different than creating book content. So you can't just throw your raw audio transcription into your book. So make your outline, figure out what you need to do to write your book, to make it flow, to make it organized, to make it sound really well, and then make it all of your content in order, especially if it's a nonfiction book. And then you can take your content from your podcast, put it in where applicable, and then you'll need to write the bits and pieces that you don't have podcast episodes for. And no matter how long you've been podcasting, there's always going to be bits and pieces you're going to need to write. So don't just take your audio, transcribe it, and throw it into a book. That's not going to make a good book. A good book still needs editing. It still needs organizational editing. And you're going to need to make sure that your content flows really well. And that means writing those intermittent pieces that you don't have information for from your podcast and also making sure you have a really great opening that's going to hook your reader into the story. So if you want my, so my book is The Guide to Traveling Gluten-Free, and I use that based on some of my episodes for the guide from Travel Gluten-Free podcast. But I did also need to add chapters in, write the whole chapters, and of course, my introduction. So that is a good example of how to turn your podcast content into a book. So, Glenn, what book are you going to write? See, I was dreading putting this one in, actually, because for... (laughs) 
for five years, Jemmy's been bugging me to write a book. And I knew that that was going to come up when I put that in. I was like, I'm just going to stay quiet and not say a word. (laughs) You need to write a book. What is the number one thing that people ask you for advice on all the time? Uh, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not writing a book. Podcast networks, building a network, building a community, monetizing. You know, I can't sponsors, even write an email that's... properly. I would suck at writing books. <laughs> See, all you need to do is so. Okay, we're gonna we're modify her step one because her step one was that you have a podcast. So you don't have a podcast about building a podcast network. But what you could do is just dictate your book to somebody who then transcribes it and then takes the takes the baton that look what he said and does all the other things. And there, I'll you, let there you somebody go, smarter than me do that. You know, there <laughs> was me. a reason 14 years ago, I started doing podcasts because 14 years ago, blogs were huge. And you didn't want to write. <laughs> and I didn't want to write. So I finally found a podcast. I was like, I can talk. I don't have to write anything. Yes. So, and I'm not a big booker. You know, I think what it is too, is I'm not a big book reader. Mm. So I think if you're not a big book reader, you don't put much, I don't put as much into books yet. All my friends who have podcasts have written books and done pretty well. So yeah. I'm obviously wrong on this one. Well, I am thinking about writing a book. It's been something that's been on my mind. You know, the, my major roadblock for me has been time, but that's now been resolving itself. So I think I'm going to be writing a book and it's going to be similar to... How to put up with Glenn. Uh, oh, that's actually days. a good one. You know what I could do? <laughs> I got to do that. Ooh, I like that. I got to do a podcasting book and the end of each chapter will be uh, a spin on this topic regarding how I did that and putting up with Glenn. Despite <laughs> <laughs> <Just like> Glenn. <laughs> Mobile podcasting. End of chapter, how I did that while putting up with Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had a lot to talk about there. <laughs> <laughs> no content whatsoever. She did a good job of uh, condensing that. Uh, you know, our friend Dave Jackson's written a couple of books, and uh, we know a lot of people that have written books. Chris Kermitzos, our boss, yeah. has written books and done v- pretty well at it. So, yeah, Alex know, Sanfilippo just put out a couple of books, or is about to, or something like that. I saw, I saw him holding up a couple of books on social media. <laughs> so, I'm going to let somebody else have that uh, privilege and pleasure of doing that, and uh, <laughs> we're just going to we'll get your books and we'll read your books. I'm just not writing a book. <sighs> to everyone out there, I'm going to keep bugging him. <laughs> until he actually writes the book that he has written in his head on building a podcast network. <laughs> I'll just add that to my list. Hey, if you've been a speaker at past podfests, you're eligible to submit a tip and or, or, it in the or show. if you got the email that you've been yeah. accepted to speak at this next one. Yeah. Matter of fact, it'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. And you just recorded two to three minute audio. You know how to do that. We don't have to explain that. <laughs> and uh, send it to us. Send it to Jemmy, J-A-I-M-E at FlintstoneMedia.com and we'll add it to the show and we went at variety so you can send one or two and we'd love to get one or two from a whole bunch of different people so if you send your tips and if you've spoken in the past or speaking in the future let us know and we'd love to share them with everybody in fact if you are speaking at this upcoming podfest having a tip on one of our episodes leading up to it can be a great way to help fill your room for your presentation so send us a tip ahead of time so we can show off the fact that you're going to be speaking at this conference coming up. And speaking of tips and tricks and fun things and wonderful ways to build everything that you're doing, like your brand or your business, well, oftentimes your business has to worry about compliance. There's a network out there, speaking of networks, that talks a lot about compliance. So let's hear all about it. What do Shakespeare, Sherlock, 
James Joyce's Ulysses and Winnie the Pooh have in common? They all appear throughout the Compliance Podcast Network to help explain compliance. Compliance Podcast Network is the only podcast network dedicated to legal and regulatory compliance, business ethics, and leadership. CPN founder Tom Fox is the voice of compliance. He and CPN's collection of other talented and knowledgeable hosts lead these full-scope discussions with 75 shows. Check out their shows today and learn from the best of the best in compliance. With over 2 million downloads and hits over the past year, CPN brings all things compliance to its 30,000 daily followers. Are you one of them? Should you be? Visit CompliancePodcastNetwork.net today. That's CompliancePodcastNetwork.net. So in track three, we're going to talk a little bit about how often should you release episodes and can you change the schedule once you've started? And this came off a Facebook post that basically the guy had started releasing weekly and he wanted to go to bi-weekly because he has a research-heavy podcast and it gets exhausting and he's burning out. And he oh, wanted to know... Sounds like Liz Covart in the making. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to know if it will harm his growth. You know... And I, the answers were interesting. A lot of them were, you got to do weekly or you can't have a podcast. Mm. And, you know, that's... <laughs> Sorry, did I, I think, say that out loud? Yeah. Did I think that out loud? <laughs> I now, if somebody comes to me and wants to start a podcast on our network, which we have maybe 35 shows now total, I will not let them do weekly. They have to start twice a month. And you can do... <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm bowing. <laughs> Uh, you can you can build an audience at twice a month. You cannot build an audience starting fresh, starting from scratch monthly. That's very right. hard unless you already have a big following. You can build an audience so twice a month because it's enough for people to get in a habit. They know when the show's coming out and they get in the habit of listening and you're good. Weekly, yes, is better for getting people in a habit of listening, but you will burn out quicker. I mm-hmm. read the statistic recently that People who do weekly shows will burn out four times faster than people who do twice a month. So that's, you have a four times greater chance of just not having a show after, you know, a couple months because it's hard. It's time consuming. There's a lot of time involved. Time is money. Also, time is your biggest enemy. Mm -hmm. When you're a podcaster or in business of any kind, really, time is your biggest enemy. Jimmy will tell you that, right? (laughs) Before you know it, you look up, you're like, oh my. Gosh, I have an episode that's supposed to be out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and you have a you have a kid at home, you're taking care of the kid, you're a single mom, you have a business to run and your own podcast. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter that we're full-time professional podcasters. It seems like our own podcast is the one that gets put beside. <laughs> you know, it's it's now in my case I can't cuz it's 5 days a week, but right. but it is hard, you know. So the you have to be realistic in your expectations. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people said in the comments, you can't build an audience at, at twice a month. That is not true. We've proved that. Yeah. And in fact, I, I really want to encourage people to think this through because if you're doing it weekly, especially if you have never created content ever before, then you are walking into a new no man's land that you have yet to ever explore or be a part of. <laughs> And so you don't know what you don't know, and you don't realize how much work goes into preparing the content and how many times you're going to run into the stumbling block of a guest who has to quit or cancel or reschedule or your your co-host has an emergency or whatever happens, right? Or life just gets in the way, something's going on, and you end up 
putting your head down and moving forward and turning out episode after episode after episode after episode, and you barely look up. And when you do finally look up, you are burnt out and you've gotten absolutely nowhere. Because what happens is you're not giving yourself enough time to prepare because you're putting too much pressure on yourself in the beginning. Because you don't have enough time to prepare, once you're on that microphone, you're not very comfortable and your listeners can hear it. Okay. And then once you have the episode edited, whether you outsource that or not, once you put it out there, you're already having, because it's now the next week, you're already having to think about the next episode instead of giving yourself time to do one of the most overlooked parts of the podcasting cycle, which is promoting your stuff. So you're creating all this great content. Give yourself time to promote it. Give it time to, to, sizzle and simmer and let your audience find it. Give yourself time to figure out, should I be posting it on Instagram? Should I be communicating it uh, to my listeners on LinkedIn? Should I be sending it out as an e-blast? What is the best form of it? Like, give yourself the, the space to grow into it. Podcasting will eventually become like riding a bike. But if you remember what it was like <laughs> learning to ride a bike, there are a lot of skin knees and bumped elbows and falls because you don't know what the heck you're doing. And you don't realize when you get on that bike how much you have to think about. But eventually you have to think about less and less and less. But give yourself the opportunity to grow into that so that your show has the best shot of being really, really solid content. And you have the best shot of becoming a really, really solid host. And uh, everything she said. And, <laughs> and you can always go to weekly at some point in the future. Yes. If you it's gotten easier, you got your systems down, you got your processes down, and you have an audience. Exactly. It's kind of funny, actually. Podcasting Your Brand was the first time that I've done a weekly show, I think, ever. <laughs> ever, ever. All, you know, eight years later, I get, well, seven years later, I started it, doing it weekly. And I was nervous. Me, I was nervous about being able to churn out something every every week, but that's because of everything I have on my plate, which you just so lovingly listed, and I just got the sweats from. Thanks a lot. Anyways, <laughs> but I, I knew that I was going to be able to do it because I knew what all the moving parts were. I knew how to plan for them, prepare for them. If you're walking into this and you've never podcasted before, you've never created content before, give yourself the space to learn it, please, for the love of God. <laughs> You know, one of the things I do think is important, and I, I think this is the most important thing about doing a show twice a month, is have a set schedule. So, mm -hmm. you know, we do that with all of our – Jemmy knows this intimately because she produces our, uh, the shows for Horse Radio Network, and they are on a set schedule. Mm -hmm. So I they come out the first – them off. <laughs> yeah, the 1st and the 15th or the 10th and the 25th. 25th. <laughs> and your <laughs> listeners will get to know that schedule. So mm -hmm. having a set schedule I do think is important. Yet, there's some very successful podcasts out there that put out episodes whenever they're ready. That's so true. it still comes to quality, Pine right? Florida was one of those. <laughs> yeah, quality is still important as well. So, you know, it I think when you're starting and you don't have a list, you don't have a fan base to begin with, you're not a celebrity, then I think it is important to have a set schedule. Mm -hmm. If you are a celebrity and you can put out whenever and they're going to listen to it, that's a different story altogether. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we have to do it the hard way. So set schedules, I think, are important if you're if you're twice a month. And, you know, pick the days. And th what that also does is it forces you it gives you deadline so that mm -hmm. you're not putting it off and then you don't get an episode out. You know that the next one comes out on the 25th, like this one. That's why mm -hmm. we're recording today because it comes out and we need to get it done. So, 
yeah. set schedules are important, I think. And it's important for your growth. It's important for your growth in every way that you want to grow. Because if you have a set schedule, then you're also able to predict your release dates in the future. First of all, you're able to predict your recording dates and know if they're going to bump into you know, travel or whatever else you have going on. Hello, holidays. But then also release dates. Is there a release date in the future that you can capitalize on that's going to pique someone's interest about your topic for any particular reason, right? April 15th for tax season or something like that comes to mind. I don't know why. Sorry. But those kinds of things. And if you want to court sponsors, your sponsors need to know that you have been consistent so they can predict what your release dates are going to be for their own marketing promotion planning. So all of those reasons you need to be consistent. And the only way to really get there is if you give yourself a chance to get comfortable with this craft. So yeah, I think the bottom line is when you're starting, don't feel the pressure of doing it every week. Don't plan on every month because that's not enough. Plan in either every other week or twice monthly, however you want to package it. And then once it feels like a really smooth bike ride, then you can start to give your listeners more. But the worst thing you can do is start so hot and heavy that you end up burning out completely or even just giving them less because you go from weekly to biweekly, like the original question asked. What she said. Yay. <laughs> Perfect. Listen to episode number 36 of Podcasting Your Brand for more. <laughs> Link in the show notes. <laughs> Speaking of show notes, for details about the show notes or today's show and our guest speakers or links to everything, just go, you know, look in your podcast player there. They're right in the show notes or go to podfestpodcast.com. And thank you to Podpage for providing our website. We love Podpage. Everything's automated. It makes doing a, it is the easiest way to do a website for your show. Period. It really is. It's just, you don't, once you set it up, you don't really have to do anything with it. Ask us. Usually easy <laughs> denotes that it's not good quality. And I couldn't say enough about how smart they are at Podpage. They really think about SEO. And so you can be able to build pages and all that other stuff. And it's well constructed. It's a very good website that comes out. It's super easy, but it's also, it's a good site. So yeah, shout out to Podpage. And I can be found at horseradionetwork.com. And I can be found at flintstonemedia.com. But we'd really love your feedback about this show. So please visit us both at podfestpodcast.com. Click contact and send us a message. And many thanks to this week's sponsors, Buzzsprout, Compliance Podcast Network, and Podpage. And also get your tickets. Go over to podfestexpo.com and get your tickets today for two months from today. We'll be together. <laughs> and thank you to our equipment sponsor, Task. Tascam and special shout out to Tascam because Tascam, you saved my most recent episode of podcasting your brand because your equipment is just plain awesome. So thank you, Tascam. And yes, we'll see you guys at Podfest. Podfest.